Welcome to this edition of the uh, Cougar Insiders Podcast. You're supposed to say no. This is the Ute Podcast. Yeah, it's a little crossover. Actually, I'm Dirk Facer with the uh, Desert News Ute Podcast. So we have a special edition where all four of us, Amy Donaldson, Jeff Call, Dick and I are here. and We call him Double D. We're going to be talking a lot about the rivalry week. We've got history. We've got matchups. We've got about everything you can imagine. And uh, you can find this podcast wherever you find podcasts. You can go to the Apple Store. You can also email us, uh, at least on our site. It's gookerinsiders at deseretnews.com. Udeinsiders.com. We have one, too. Uh, we've yet to get a response, but we're waiting. <laughs> you know, those responses haven't been there. But if you feel like it, if you're just really ticked off, if you really want to get into it, if you got some feedback, drop us an email. Question, if there's something you want us to cover, right? We want to help you. We don't want work, We'll ask that question. We'll ask any question. Hey, it's good to have... listening, more work. I love it. Hey, it's good to have Amy here. It's always good to see you, Amy. We don't see enough of you down in uh, Utah County. I know. Jeff, we always see you. You do a great job. You just got back from... uh, Where was he got back from? Basketball game, right? Last week you Boston. went to I was Boston. in Boston. I was, was in Reno. I was in Boise. I mean, yeah. You've been all over town. And, Dirk, well, you just got back from the coldest place on earth. You're, I you did. slept with the polar bears down there, didn't yeah, you? It was Colorado. cold and boulder. A little snowy and uh, starting to... Hey, Dirk, I didn't see any pictures of you with your shirt off like the Utes. You all know... The Utes are out there warming up with no shirts. I'm probably I was one, waiting for your photo. Probably one of those guys, when I take my shirt off, it still looks like I'm wearing a shirt. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> Well, let's get right down to it. We're going to talk about three things that BYU needs to do to defeat Utah. Score Man, that's a hard one to come up with, Jeff Call. What are your three? Well, it seems like uh, the last time that BYU beat Utah, I was in my 20s or something like that. It's been a long time. Um, <laughs> and as I look at the matchup, I mean, I, I cannot honestly see one area where BYU has an advantage over Utah, to be honest, by position. But uh, if you look at this game, I think... Uh, it comes down to one game. It's the rivalry game. And a few of the things that I think BYU has to do to win this game, if they're going to pull it off this upset, number one, they've got to start fast, something that they have not done. So I'm not counting on them doing that. But that, that's imperative that they get off to a good start, I think. You know, Dirk says the Utes have been kind of slow yeah, starters, that's too. True. Yeah, Dirk? yeah. Oh, maybe we'll have a boring first yeah, half. Yeah, it might be zero, uh, zero at yeah, it might be a halftime uh, <laughs> scoreless game. But uh, the, one of the things that we've seen in this rivalry, especially the last several years, is turnovers have been such a huge factor in this game on both sides, especially with BYU. And they can't afford to, to turn the ball over and make those kind of mistakes. Um, if you look at BYU this year, the games they've won, they've been able to run the ball. And the games they've lost, they haven't been able to run the ball. And we all know that Utah, that's their bread and butter, stopping the run. So it's going to be very difficult. Difficult. And BYU is going to be throwing a few guys at Utah uh, in the run game, from Matt Hadley to Lupini Katoa. Uh, we don't know about Squally Kanda's status. He may or may not play. But, uh, yeah, we'll see if they can establish any sort of semblance of a run. Now, the one thing for BYU, I think, uh, the kind of the X factor is Zach Wilson, his ability to make plays with his feet, um, something they – it was an element they don't have, didn't have with Tanner Mangum. So we'll see what he can do, uh, maybe making some plays, extending some plays. Are we supposed to ask this of Amy and Dirk? Let's ask them. If you think BYU is going to pull this off, Dirk, and then Amy, if you think that you're going to see something that you haven't seen in seven, eight years or whatever it's been, what would it need to be for the Cougars to do, Dirk? Well, 
you know, running the ball is obviously going to be a key, but that's Utah's strength, especially this year with Utah's defense, Chase Hansen and Cody Barton at linebacker position. They've just been fantastic. They've been all over the field making plays, and but it all begins up front with that pressure. you got Lecky Fotu and Bradley and I and guys like that. that they're going to try to get to Wilson, obviously, to uh, put a lot of pressure, and that's where it all starts. And then Utah has a really good secondary as well, Jalen Johnson at cornerback. So, you know, Wilson's got to be really careful with his throws because he's going to, you know, feel pressure up front. You got those good guys in the middle, and then you got Jalen Johnson and you know the defensive backs that are really talented as well. Amy, 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 Utah's yeah. defense is pretty yeah. scary. Can BYU pull this off? And if they can, what's it going to be? So before the season, I predicted this might be the year that BYU actually won the rivalry game, and then they struggled with teams that they shouldn't have struggled with, <laughs> and so I don't think that they can do it. Um, but that's why we play the games and tur- turn over Utah's. They've had turned the ball over this year. Now, I will say, Jason Shelley doesn't have any interceptions. I don't believe he has a fumble either. He has one. Does he have one? Oh, okay. ASU, but that at was... ASU. Oh, oh, well, that was not in. in a starter, not I guess. as a starter. Yeah. So I think that... Um, and I, what does uh, Zach have, two? He has two picks, Two, two, two yeah. picks, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I think Utah's line is, their defensive line is just significantly better than BYU's offensive line. And so, I think that's going to be where it starts. And I, their, Utah's offensive line has, ha, has been less consistent than the defensive line. So, there's a chance that BYU's defense could maybe be lead out as far as maybe the upset. But that's where I think it would come from. I think it's going to come down to BYU's defense and what they're able to do against Utah's offense. And they're not going to – I don't think their offense can beat BYU's – I mean, beat Utah's defense. Utah's defense is – I would agree with you, Amy. And, you know, but BYU's defense is pretty good. It's ranked the top 22 or 23 in the country in total defense right now. But I agree with the rest of what you guys have said. I have one one thing that I've always said this whole season, the last few seasons, that is that the one big difference for BYU in wins over Utah and wins over anybody has been quarterback play. When BYU puts on the field a quarterback with a lot of finesse plays that can overcome all the advantages that other teams have in speed and size and skill and other things like that, when they have that quarterback, the can make those plays, it's the big difference. It's the X factor. I don't know that Zach Wilson in freshman year and what his third or fourth start, isn't it, can do that and pull that off, but that's probably the only way I can see a BYU win is if he had kind of a career day. He's had yeah. six touchdown passes. He'd need to have three or four of them. The other thing I'd say is if Utah scores 21 points, 24 points, they win a game. Well, here's the other Maybe thing. Maybe 17 points. You're, you're, right. you're correct about the past, but this is the best secondary defense Utah's ever had that I've witnessed when, since I've been covering. They're, and so even at, even at Washington State for Utah. Yeah, for, for Utah, yeah. In Washington I, I, State. Absolutely, yeah. And what I happened think, on the last play? And I especially think, like, I know. Look Washington at, State, last play, Amy, yeah, what I happened? I know. How long did they go for? <laughs> I know, but I am I think they've made some adjustments. I think guys are smarter. They're more experienced. Um, I just, I think they're, I think that's where having even a top-notch quarterback is not going to, that's not going to be the case. I really think it's going to come down to BYU's defense. I, I would agree with you. I, I think Utah's secondary is probably the best I've ever seen. Dirk? Yeah, they're pretty good now. Let's uh, switch gears maybe and look at three things that Utes will need to do to defeat the Cougars. 
Um, Amy, I know you have some thoughts. I think one one thing in looking at you know BYU's run defense is pretty good, as you guys mentioned. And Utah, you know, obviously losing Zach Moss and going with Armand Shine, they need to establish the the run game. Obviously, that opens things up. Um, so I think one of the key factors for Utah is they have to be able to run the ball, even though that's the strength of BYU's. If it gets into a throwing game, especially with the weather, guys, I understand snows in the forecast. Oh, and, Samson Nakua approved the weather. Yeah, no Utah threw it well in the snow, obviously, <laughs> last week. But, uh, you know, it all begins with the run, Amy. Yeah. I mean, I, if you've listened to this podcast, this is my drum. I beat constantly for Utah. They don't play well when they don't run well. So if BYU can stop their running game, then I think there there could be a possibility for them to, to pull off an upset. The other thing is, I think that Utah has has shot themselves sometimes with penalties and with with turnovers. So I think the turnover game, it's I think it's critical in any football game, but for some reason this rivalry seems to maybe guys try to do a teeny bit more or they push a little harder and that ends up costing them. So we'll see what happens on that. Well, Dick and Jeff, maybe you can go into this. I, I had no idea until I looked at the stats here that you know BYU is only giving up what 127 yards a game on the ground. Do you guys see that as a big issue here? That especially you know with the weather being a wild card, obviously, who knows how heavy the snow is going to fall and if it falls at all. You never know; these guys are right or not. But uh, really, you know, ground you know, games where it you know, needs Durant, to happen. I, I think I think you're right. They played two pretty weak opponents and played very well on defense and really kind of shut them down. But something happened at the end of the UMass. Game. Uh, Corbin Kafusi, who actually got injured and banged up with his ankle against Utah State a long, long time ago. He's now injured, gone for the season. He's a utility player that's played middle linebacker. He's played dropping back outside linebacker. He's been the best sack uh, guy that they had. At 6'9", 275, 280 pounds, he has been a real big difference maker. And Jeff Carl, he won't be on the field there. I think that's huge for Utah. Yeah, that's a huge loss. And we didn't find out about his status until just before that New Mexico State game. And uh, came out on senior night with that boot, and that, that was a huge blow because he is a, a leader on that team, and he's really proven this year to be a, a guy that could be an NFL guy. And so, yeah, definitely going to lose him. Losing him is going to be a big blow. I think another uh, factor for the youths is uh, Matt Gay. Let's face it, they cross the 50-yard line. If it's a close game, even if it's not a close game, if they need some points, want to get some points, Matt Gay seems to be able to hit it from the stadium into the lake. And he'll do that consistently. I think it's a huge, huge X factor for them. I agree with you. That was going to be my X factor as well. You know, Sorry, he, at one time, he hit 21 consecutive field goals. You know, Lou Groza award winner, uh, trying to repeat. You know, he got off to kind of a slow start. He had some blocks on that earlier in the season. But he's coming on strong. And like you said, you know, you should rather get uh, seven points on the board. But Matt Gay is almost an insurance policy from 55 yards in that they'll put at least three points on the board. Amy, what do you think? No, I mean, I you said it. I mean, if you get across midfield, which most offenses can on a bad day, um, you have a chance to put up some points on the board. Let's hope it doesn't come to that because Utah has struggled in the red zone. <laughs> so it's fallen to whenever your kicker gets too much attention, it's never a good thing. And I would say another thing the Utes need to do to be able to prevail in this game, Jason Shelley, I think, Needs to play well, and he needs to stay healthy. You know, oh, Drew Lisk. Oh, come on. Amy's Quit buddy. knocking my boy, Drew Lisk. But, you know, the fact that, you know, that they're thin at quarterback now is a factor, too. And they're not thin. So Shelly I'm needs just... to be protected. And, and so I think that's an X factor. It's just I don't want to see Shelly get hurt. Let me just say that. Right. I want to be clear about this, that. Though, if yeah. Shelly did get hurt, and you'd hope he doesn't, but if they get hurt, Utah's the kind of team that can win this on defense, and Matt Gay just kicks a field goal, and you win 3 to nothing. It could be that well, way if you, don't, if you play without a quarterback. I think there was a game but, like that, maybe. 
many, many years yes, ago was. on a very cold day in <laughs> Provo, that. if I remember right. Before, well, when they were on their four-string quarterback, back when Urban Meyer went down to Provo. Remember that, Amy? Yes, I do. I, but here, here's the I thing. I was a kid back then, yeah. Here was a baby. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was, old, in, I was, I was old back in, then, I was too. in junior high. No, just kidding. I just think that if it comes down to kicking, it's going to be because it's a bad game. <laughs> That's just yeah. my opinion. Yeah. I mean, and not and not a not a game fans would enjoy. Or in, I mean, uh, well, that, this kind of leads us maybe into it's the kind of Cheryl kick. It's, this, yeah, yeah, this kind of leads us into the next segment, guys. Uh, what is the most intriguing storyline of this game coming up this Saturday? The kind of seasons they've had, kind of what's going on in that. To me, I think it's these two freshman quarterbacks. I mean, they could have disasters on the field, or they could come out and be heroes. But both of them, they, they haven't had a lot of experience. But they're going head to head. Two freshman. Shelly is a freshman, isn't he, right? Redshirt freshman. Redshirt freshman. He's a redshirt freshman. Yeah. Zach's a true freshman, even though he came to BYU in January. But, Amy, let's hear from you. What's your most intriguing angle to this game? Well, my most intriguing angle of this game is the, the shift in the rivalry. It's that the rivalry is a kinder, gentler rivalry, and I think a couple of things have contributed to that. You saw the, the letter out today from both athletic directors, Tom Homo and Mark Harlan, but I think uh, with BYU hiring Kalani, they've consistently expressed affection for one another and support for each other. Those coaching staffs are really close. Um, there, I, I just think there's a there's less animosity between the coaching staffs, and then you have players outside like Steve Tate and Reno Mahe teaming up to do some stuff. Both of them lost a child, so they reached out to one another. They've done some things together. Um, I, you've seen BYU and Utah fans team up on a number of charitable endeavors, and then most recently, I saw last night a, a BYU fan offering to pay for a Utah fan who couldn't afford it but deserved to go to the Pac-12 game. So I think you see some effort. Amongst from the top, from the leadership of the school, all and and I think BYU actually was involved too in sending um, condolences to Utah. They all dressed in their whole staff. I don't know where they got all those Utah shirts. I'm wondering about some closet fans down there now, but they had, uh, you know, they sent condolences when Lauren McCluskey was killed. So I think from the top to the bottom, you're seeing I think a much less toxic rivalry, and it makes it more fun for me. I would agree with you, Amy. I don't know how much the letter from the athletic directors will be really taken into account by the fans in general. Probably not worth the papers. That's because you're on. not a rule follower. But what? I think that it's a good gesture. It's <laughs> nice that these two athletic directors, from the safety of their offices with their secretaries, put out amongst their system this great letter of peace and harmony, and I hope it works. Jeff Call, what's your most intriguing story of this game? Well, we've kind of talked about some of them, but I, I want to actually, I'm going to ask Amy and Dirk this question because because I'm really interested. Utah's won seven in a row. Mm-hmm. They've wrapped up the Pac-12 South for the first time. Huge accomplishment for Utah. They're going to play in the Pac-12 championship game here soon. What is your sense? What do you, do you think that Utah is going to take this game as seriously as they usually do? Are they going to overlook BYU in any way? I mean, what is your sense talking to those guys and coaches about their approach? Have you met Kyle Whittingham? <laughs> and I'm not talking necessarily about Kyle. I'm talking about the yeah. players. I'm talking about no. He's talking I, about all the fans that say they don't really care. There's some Utah fans, not all listen. of them, that say I don't care about BYU. I I, I could care yeah. less that they play this game. It means nothing to me. We're going to the Rose Bowl. <laughs> Those guys. Yeah. Maybe it filters into a couple of players. Maybe not under Kyle. Those fans don't have to go to practice with Kyle Whittingham. They don't have to lift with uh, the Utah coaches. I I think. There's not a. Would you disagree with me, Dirk? No, I mean, no, they're not. There's no way. There's all that that crap in the background about you know that they shouldn't play this game and it's meaningless and all that. It matters. It's a big deal to the state of Utah. It's a state treasure. I think this game 
when it, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes it gets obviously gets off the tracks. But this game needs to be played. Just look at the scores, even during Utah's win streak. There's been a couple of blowouts, but there's been a lot of games that really were one possession games at the end. And really uh, entertaining games. Yeah. I, I would agree with you, and I think that Utah's had the better part of the psychological edge in all of those wins. Mm-hmm. Even though in the, some of those games, BYU's been favored, it seems like Kyle has pushed the right buttons during that mm-hmm. week in a lot of different ways in both the Bronco, Mendenhall era, and now in the Sataki era. Mm-hmm. What's what's Dirk? What's your big angle? What's your big story angle for this week, well, for this game? Well, you know, the quarterbacks are obviously one thing, but the thing I, I look at is the game doesn't really matter. For, for You know, first say BYU is already bowl eligible. Utah is still one win away from going to the Rose Bowl, win or lose this Saturday. You know, so it's taken a lot of, it's kind of come down to pride, I think, this game. I mean, it's, and these guys are going to go after it and go after it hard, but I, I find it intriguing that the, uh, you know, with the Pac-12 championship game there, we talked about this, uh, Kit Condon, think, our boss, and I, I mean, we, we yeah. talked at the start of the year, what would happen if Utah had clinched a spot in the <laughs> Pac-12 championship game and still had to play the rivalry game? Mm-hmm. And Kyle Whittingham was asked his press conference today about this, you know, about whether he'd rest players and that, and he said, no. You yeah. can't do that. He can't tell them to turn it off and then try to turn it on again next week. So I think you're going to get Utah's full shot, Amy, don't well, you Well, because I think we do this. Media always talks about the strategy of winning championships or whatever, and this game doesn't mean anything. If you're a competitor and this is your livelihood, which is basically what these guys do, there's there's not a meaningless game. It doesn't matter if we think it's interesting or we think it's an intriguing matchup or the fans care or there's an empty stadium. Every game is significant to people who compete like these guys do. There's not. I would hate to go up against them in anything monopoly you name it they're very competitive people and we can talk all we want about does this game matter or how does it play into whatever for them there's one goal and my goal my if i'm kyle whittingham in his head i'm gonna put the beat down on byu in the first half and then i'm gonna send in drew lisk and 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 no i would that's the only way my guys get a rest you put up so many points on the board that they can't come back and the second string guys can get a chance to play in this rivalry. There you go. Perfect scenario for Kyle if that happened. Jeff Call, we've seen BYU struggle to get up for games, especially at home. We've seen them play much better on the road. Uh, we've also seen that Kalani has you know, kind of struggled without a conference membership to frame each game during the month of uh, October and November. Frame it and get people going and get their team motivated. I don't think they'll have trouble this week, but what's your sense of Kalani's ability to put a frame around this and get his team motivated to come up to Salt Lake City and play the best game that they played all year? Well, I think that, like you said, Dick, we saw BYU play amazing game at Wisconsin. They played really well at Arizona. Um, the exception was at Washington. They didn't play well. But I do think that now that BYU's bowl eligible, they've got that monkey off their back, so to speak. They don't have to worry about having to win this game to get bowl eligible. I think that allows Kalani just to tell these guys, you know what, it's a one-game season. This is a big game. Um, we don't know anything beyond what's going to happen this Saturday. So, in his words, empty the tank. Let's give it all we got. Let's uh, throw everything we can at him and try to win this game. Let's go down uh, position by position now. Let's make it a quick round table, kind of a shotgun thing. You guys just speak out which team you think has the advantage as I, as I talk about uh, one of the positions. And we'll start with myself, the offensive line. I think uh, both of them had their ups and downs. I'm going to call it a wash. The advantage is a wash in this game. Jeff Call. Yeah, I, th- I think it uh, depends on which offensive line shows up for BYU. We have saw, even since last week, we've seen some changes on the, the starting positions of the offensive line. So 
see which which guys show up and play well. Amy, who has an advantage on the offensive line? Hmm, I, I, I agree. I'm, I think there's a slight edge for Utah as far as just size and ability across the board as a unit, but I think both of them have played inconsistently, so I would, I would agree with the... Dirk, offensive line, who's got the advantage? You know, in this game, I'm going to go with the Utes, uh, and I'm going to throw the senior night. I'm going to throw the senior <laughs> night factor into this. You know, you got Jackson Barton and Lo Falkamala, and you got some guys playing their last games who happen to be on the offensive line and are leaders on the team. So, uh, respect what BYU has, but I think in this matchup, give the slight edge to Utah. The next thing, defensive line. Can I speak for everybody here, and we'll just yeah. get on? Utah's we'll just got go the Utah. Utah's yeah. got the advantage here. We'll just skip that. Utah's go right got on. the advantage too deep, and you know, and they're playing well right now too. Yeah. And that's the other thing. They got Max uh, Tupai and yeah. some other guys that have stepped up with Nye and stuff. And that's really going to be one of the intriguing matchups is to see how BYU's offensive line can handle the pressure that the defensive line from Utah is going to give them. Third thing, receivers. Let's talk about receivers. Real quick, guys, receivers, who had the advantage? Jeff Call. I think uh, it's somewhat even in the fact that uh, I'm going to factor in the tight ends in this. I think um, Down Holker, Matt Bushman, if they're targeted, they can make plays. They're playmakers. They've got to be, I mean, they've got to be a big part, integral part of this uh, game plan. But, uh, you know, Utah's got great receivers as well. And Britton Covey is amazing. The way the shots I've seen him take this year and get up and then just make plays. He's so elusive. Um, I don't know. It's uh, somewhat even, I'd say. Amy, you you throw in the re- tight ends with the receivers. Utah's tight ends are really coming on. But yeah. who's got the advantage on this uh, position? I think Utah does. Um, I, I do like BYU's tight ends, but I like if I have to choose, I'm going to take Utah's tight ends um, because they're big. I mean, they're, they're as big as some of the linemen, and they're – and they're super athletic. So I, I like, but I, and it's not just Britton Covey. I think Britton Covey sucks up a lot of air because we love him as the media people. I, if you look at the list, it's, you know, every game, six to eight kids are catching passes. And that's with both quarterbacks. Okay, Dirk, receivers. You know, I'm going to go Utah, and i got to throw the Jalen Dixon factor in there. He was a high school teammate of Jason Shelley's. They had two big hookups in the snow at Colorado. And I think, you know, before Jalen emerged, I think it was kind of a wash. And Britton Covey's obviously having a fantastic season, and he's one to watch. And, uh, you know, too bad for BYU fans that they were able to get him out of Utah County and get him up to Salt Lake because he is certainly, despite his size limitations, playing big. You could uh, thank Robert and I for that, but, yes, I think that <laughs> pushes it over by a far long spot is that Britton Covey is Superman. He's Mighty Mouse. He makes yeah. a huge difference in that team. The next category is the secondary. Can we go ahead and submit that Utah's best secondary probably in the history of the world, according to Amy, has the sure. age on that. We'll just go on to the next one. Yes. Everybody okay yep. with that? I concur yep. with that. Yeah. Uh, we'll go to running backs. Kind of inexperienced running backs. Guys have been banged up. People trying to make themselves available. Uh, in my but opinion, BYU's, back, right? yeah, BYU's probably got a little bit more experience from the, the guys that they had. They had a career night out of uh, Lopini Katoa last week. I, I think still Shine is strong. He's good. I wouldn't call it a wash. I'd maybe say BYU has a little bit of an advantage there, Jeff Cole. Uh, you know, I'd say Utah with the advantage there is because Shine's the guy that can get a lot of yards. And BYU's can kind of been by committee this year. And uh, Matt Hadley's come on and Lapini Katoa's come on. But uh, even Katoa has not been fully healthy. And so I have to give uh, Utah an edge there. I'd give an edge because of their defense. The running, BYU's running backs are going to have a very hard time. Yeah, Amy? Exactly. 
Well, I, I think that's the problem with rating uh, running backs is that we're relying on the, those inconsistent offensive lines we talked about earlier. But I actually like BYU's running backs. Uh, and it's Utah's used more since Zach Moss has been out, too. So they've relied on a few guys. But I think Shine and Katoa are similar. But, uh, I, you know, if he's healthy, um, then I would probably give the edge to BYU. With, that's not factoring in the lines. And Dirk? Yeah, I like BYU's running backs. You know, Canada was impressive against Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. That was fun to watch, even though his mom got more airtime probably than he did uh, <laughs> yeah, broadcast. But, uh, you know, I think the X factor here is Armand Shine. The fact that he's fresh right now at this point of the season. He had 174 yards in his debut, and he's got fresh legs. He's completely healthy, back from his injury. So I'd say just because he doesn't have the wear and tear that a lot of the running backs on both sides have at this point of the year, and obviously losing Zach Moss was a huge blow for Utah. But you know, people forget that Armand Shine was a starting running back when he got hurt uh, two, years half, two years ago. Let's remember ago. that. I really so, back in the day. So there's some fresh legs. So I'm giving. <laughs> I'll go that way just because of the fresh legs. Let's go to linebackers real quick, and I'll start off. I, I like the linebackers in both teams. Uh, Sione Takitaki is is tremendous mm-hmm. player, extremely quick. He'll be playing on Sunday. Days. But Utah, you got to look at them, and they've got Chase Hansen, they've got um, Barton, Barton, and Barton. they've got uh, 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 Francis Bernard. Francis Bernard coming off a heck of a game at Colorado. Because of the depth, I'd give the edge to Utah. Jeff Call, what do you see in the linebacker court? Yeah, I'd give an edge to Utah, um, although I would mention that uh, Isaiah Kafusi has really come on these last few weeks. Uh, he's been a, a big playmaker for BYU. He had that great interception Saturday, uh, he, and BYU's going to need that from him. I mean, they're down already. Uh, Zane Anderson this year, I think, is the game again that BYU is going to miss Zane Anderson but uh, yeah I, I give Utah a slight edge there at, run, at linebacker. Well these two guys Dirk and Amy and uh, you guys are probably going to take the Utes. I, I, I see no argument that why they can't say behind Chase Hansen they've got an advantage there so we're going to skip this unless you got something real good to say. The only thing I was going to say is between Cody and Chase together both captains both super experienced and both of them have multiple sacks I mean and tackles for loss. Top two tackers on team and yeah. let's not forget with the targeting penalty Chase Hansen's fresh. He didn't play very much last week. So. <laughs> and he's going to be really there. mad. <laughs> Let's get on to the big one, the quarterback, the two freshmen that will be on the field there. Zach Wilson. Got a little bit of wheels. Not a slow quarterback. It's not a guy that's going to stand behind there and not defend himself and do that. That could also get him into play uh, trouble a little bit. He's He scored uh, seven touchdowns this season, six by the air. I haven't seen a lot of Shelley. I haven't covered him, but I got to think that maybe because of the experience that he has playing a few more games, that maybe I'll give the edge to Zach, but no disrespect to Shelley. Um, Jeff Call. Well, you know, Zach, um, I think with him, when you're dealing with freshman quarterbacks on both sides, I mean, when you're first time playing this rivalry, I don't think you know exactly what you're up against. I will say, though, that Zach knows everything about this rivalry. I mean, he grew up going to games at Rice Eccles. Um, He knows about the rivalry and everything like that. It's going to be interesting to see how he translates that on the field because, I mean, this is a new experience for him. Even though if you're around the rivalry, playing in it's different. But he's the kind of guy that uh, he's very confident, and he doesn't seem to let much ruffle him. And I'm just really curious to see in that environment how he handles himself against a very good Utah defense. Uh, let's see. We've got a debate here. Amy, go ahead. 
Uh, yeah. Well, I, I, I'm going to just say the same thing. I've watched a little bit of Zach, um, and I know, I think it's probably pretty even. You got, uh, Dirk asked uh, Kyle whether or not Jason could handle the rivalry, which we'll be taking some abuse for, but <laughs> then Kyle's not allowing us to talk to Jason before the game. So that sends me two messages. We've had two two times, his first start, and then this time that we haven't been able to talk to him. Um, so I think that indicates maybe they sense something about, you know, the, the, they don't want to get him to offer some bulletin board material. I don't know. But, Jeff, Jeff, how yeah. long did uh, we get Zach Wilson this week? Uh, well, I talked to him a little bit today. He uh, was available? For a few minutes, and then uh, you know, he'd probably be available tomorrow for a little so bit. So one is not available, the other is. I don't know. Yeah. Kyle, Kyle handles these things pretty he, dif- difficult. Yeah, I mean, I, he's definitely much more, uh, we're not going to have an issue because I'm not going to let us have an issue, rather than Kalani, who's going to deal with. Well, and, you know, and I was able to talk. Jason Shelley was available to the media after the game in Colorado. Yeah. And he spoke, and I, I asked him about the rivalry and that. And, you know, he's a redshirt freshman, so he was on the sideline last year. He knows the environment, you know, and he saw it firsthand. He had pretty good seats standing there on the on the sideline. But, you know, he, he expressed uh, knowledge that this is an important game to the state of Utah. He knows it. But and I think, don't you, don't you think, you guys have interviewed a lot of guys, and you've been in a lot of these environments, that there's no way for people like us who have not played in something like this, competed, you're representing your community, your school, whatever, that you to understand the pre- the internal pressure that they feel and the desire. For me, it's the, it's the desire that gets you into trouble because you want to win so bad, that's when you screw up. But isn't he treating some of the athletes, I'm talking about Kyle, whom I love, played football with my brother at Provo High School, isn't he doing kind of like uh, Thompson did at Georgetown with that athlete, just don't talk to the media? Now, he, he's talking to the media, but he really restricts some of these guys at critical times in the season. Nothing, nothing never, wrong with actually, that. Actually, he's never done that. This is the first time since I've been up there. Yeah, Shelley's pretty much yeah. the only guy that's sort of been in on injured guys. And then when Francis Bernard first came, uh, transferred to Utah, he was kind of off limits to get his feet you know, wet, but yeah. you know, he's been available and such. And so, it's so I don't know if you can read anything into it. I read into it that you're afraid your freshman's going to say something that's going to give the other team motivation, which lets me know Kyle knows there's a mental. Well, and as Kyle says, uh, in, to quote Forrest Gump, it's one less thing. You know? Yeah, no, and I think that, but I think that the desire and the emotions that come with this are are difficult to understand if you've never been the person that upon which. All these fans have their have pinned their hopes and dreams, right? So, Dirk, we didn't get your quarterback, Edge, Edge, whoever the Edge um, on that. You know, is I it think push or is it Edge? I'm kidding. Everything seems to be falling in the red side. But I, I got to go with <laughs> Shelly just for the fact that he was on the sideline for the game last year, kind of knows the environment. And then, as Kyle pointed out, he's played in some big Pac-12 games and when they were trying to win a championship in the Southern yeah. Div- South Division. So... You know, I don't think anything's going to rock his world when he gets there, especially with the game being in Salt Lake City. I think that's except for maybe Taki Taki. Taki Taki's a great player, and uh, but you know what? Uh, I think uh, honestly, I think getting hit is easier than dealing with the fans' expectations. Yeah, like I think Jeff, he'll have an easier time. Like Jeff that. said, though, Zach Wilson has been there since he was being fed a bottle on his mother's lap, so he's been in Rice Eccles Stadium his whole life. But I, but when I talk to these guys, it's much different to be a fan. For me, I know being a fan of sports and then coming into being a sports. Writer, took sucked all the fun out of it. It's not the same thing. So I think being a fan, Zach Wilson growing up with it, it's different than... Well, you know, I was a, I, maybe this is a good question for Jeff. I mean, 
Zach, what's, if this game were in Provo, would it be different? I mean, is it the fact that he, as a true freshman, is playing in Salt Lake City? Is that, a, is that a big factor? Well, I would say not necessarily because— Just because of the crowd. I know he's been to games and stuff, but they're going to be on him. The fans are going to be all oh, yeah. over him. Yeah, in fact, uh, he was at the UCLA—or, excuse me, USC-Utah game here a few weeks ago, and uh, he was wearing BYU gear, and he—, he told me that a few people got after him for, you know, were pretty harsh to him for wearing it, which you can understand. But uh, I think he understands, though, the, the nature of this rivalry. I mean, he's been on the other side of it, and he understands right. all that. It, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see if for a 19-year-old kid who's right. recently removed from high school being thrown in that, thrust in that position, um, you know, having the keys to BYU's offense in that environment is, you know, I'm, I'm really fascinated to see how he responds. And, Dick, you've been seeing a lot of these. I just wonder if, you know, taking those snaps as a 19-year-old kid when the crowd's cheering for you or having 45,000 people that are on your case. You know, I, I go back to quarterbacks playing in Rice-Eccles Stadium, even Cougar Stadium in this rivalry. Some of them have really excelled and really soaked it in and had a competitive spirit, and others have kind of melted, and players have melted down. And, and in this seven-game winning streak, I think one of the things that Utah's done very well is psychologically just had an advantage and a weight that's been put on these BYU players feeling the pressure, and they've made mistakes that you haven't seen them make. We've seen hikes over the head. We've seen quarterbacks fumble hikes. We've seen people, the ball go over a quarterback's head and go 30, 40 yards down. I mean, it is a hard thing to do. Lastly, our last thing, and I think we can all push on this, it's all uh, the special teams. Utah has special teams advantage. I don't think we can argue with that. All the way, all those in favor say aye. 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 We'll skip that one then. Overall, we're going to do that in our picks. And we're going to go on right now, and let's have a score out of each one of you, and you'll start with Jeff Call. I'm going to go um, Utah 27, BYU 13. Amy? I'm going 34-31. <laughs> Utah. Wow, look okay. at you. All Keep right, everybody in their office. snowy seats to the end, right? Dirk. I'm hoping for a good game. I think you're looking at a 35-17 for Utah. Uh, I'm going 24 I'll go 17-10, Utah. I think it's going to be a defensive battle. It might be pretty cold. and uh, But, yeah, we're all in, in unison here. Utah should be favored. They are favored by 13.5 points. They will win this game. That's our prediction. And I, w- I would not be surprised if they shut them out. I just want to go on record saying that, even though I picked 34-31, which is I'm hoping well, for. We are talking about the number one defense in no, the red zone. I, no, you get I, down inside absolutely. the 20 for any team, they're number one in the country at stopping people. And uh, BYU's had its troubles scoring the football in, in, in this season. Hey, thanks for joining us on this edition of the Rivalry Week podcast. I'm Dick Harmon, along with Dirk Facer and Amy Donaldson and Jeff Call. We appreciate you being with us all week long. We've had a ton of stuff and a ton of fun. You can uh, download this podcast uh, on the Apple Store or wherever you can find podcasts. We invite you to get your email to us at Cougar Insiders at DeseretNews.com. And for the Utes, it's the Ute Insider Podcast. No, it's the Ute Insider. What is it, Dirk? Ute Insiders at DeseretNews.com. That. Thanks for being (laughs) with us. Keep it simple. We need to. Hey, we'll see you at the game. Hey, what's on the buffet for the game, the pregame? We had Tucano's down in Provo. Uh, you know, they always yeah, actually we had like early Thanksgiving dinner. It was awesome last year. Yeah, the game. food's been really good, yeah, guys. They uh, stepped it up at Rice Cycle. My wife's out of town. I'm looking forward to Turkey and Rice Cycle Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. See ya. <laughs>